Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Fadigan podcast. Today we had our beloved brother and old friend Omar Hanifa on the podcast. Alhamdulillah. We got to speak about his organization called Archery Ascension, which is in the southeast of Melbourne. We got to touch on his community that he's trying to build around horsemanship, archery, and the Sunnah sports. And it was just an amazing episode. Wallah, you guys are going to love it. We got to touch on why the Sunnah sports are important, how animal therapy and the use of animals on his um, land can bring change to mental health, how it teaches you character. I think you guys are going to enjoy the episode. Please check out Archery Ascension on Instagram and Facebook and enjoy the episode. Yeah, no, That's th- awesome. We're going to ask you, bro. T- tell us a little bit about, like you were saying, um, we'll come back to Ar- Archery Ascension later yeah. on and have a bit more of a formal thing, but you were saying that there are kids that come come to Archery Ascension for therapy. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So my background is in youth mental health. So like when I was in, like when I went at Latrobe, I was studying OT, occupational therapy, um, and then after I graduated from uni, I guess my whole professional career has been in youth mental health. So I worked across mental health rehab, drug and alcohol, trauma, psychosis, um, wow. and I guess this sort of ties into like I guess Archie Ascension's story. But then like what happened was like, I guess I got a horse for myself and my family. And then I started seeing like the benefit in that. And then like you hear about, I guess, like therapy programs, equine therapy, hippotherapy, like kids like with trauma backgrounds or war veterans coming or that kind of thing. So then like, I guess I started putting two and two together and like we're in the process of developing like a proper model for it. But um, like we've been bringing kids to the farm to do therapy with the animals and like from an occupational therapy point of view a lot of like work OTs do so if there's any OTs listening there's a lot of sensory work like sensory integration sensory modulation like therapy through your senses and through activity and through being and so doing that on the farm is like really powerful and you see a lot of changes like really quickly with the kids um like one like one one child that we have is a three four-year-old boy um He's on the spectrum, and one of the problems that he had was stimming. I don't know if you know what stimming is. It's like, it's like when like when a child's like they constantly have to move, and they might even like make a sound like ah, like uh-huh. that type of thing. Like he used to do that a lot. Um, after maybe six to eight weeks of horse riding, it stopped. Wow! Right. So it's just like, you know, when the Prophet Sallallahu <coughs> Alaihi Wasallam says, "There's goodness upon the horses until the day of judgment." It's like, like we see that in the therapy program. Um, there's another boy he's like maybe 15 16 years old or maybe 14 15 years old around that age and he's just been coming to the farm and he's also like on the spectrum and has some mental health issues and that kind of thing and then after maybe a year of that like his family his psychologist his relatives and we've never seen him so happy right Um, so i guess it's like it's like yeah so that's um that's part of what we do did you because you said um You've been in youth mental health for like a couple of years and then yeah. you got a horse years ago. Was the intention ever that this might actually be a form of therapy or was it just because you wanted to get into horse riding? Oh, that, that's a good question. That's a good question because I guess when it comes down, I guess it comes down to the introduction that we had, right? When I asked you, why do we play with horses? Why do we even do archery, right? So um, for me, it was... It was okay. The Prophet sallallahu said that there's goodness in this. And I grew up like you boys. Like I grew up like going to uni, playing basketball, that kind of thing. And so, like, I actually bought Sadika one week before my first daughter was born. Wow. Right? 
and it was like like friend, sorry sadik is his horse yeah <laughs> 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 i'm a slave I was like <laughs> <laughs> um but i bought her off gumtree um i had n- i knew nothing about horses yeah like nothing like i just like like um i was like all right we've got to do it and my intention was like for us like if you look at the hadith and we spoke about some of this when you boys were there it was like that this was something the prophet loved and like muslims were known to be riders and archers and do you know what i mean like you read the biography of the scholars they were archers they were horsemen the prophet himself right like if you read some of the stories from the battle of uhud and those type of things it's amazing but like we're so removed from that and for us it's exotic like even for me there's like a sense of like this is exotic like yeah. like when you come it's like oh wow right um but the reason why i did it before my daughter was born it's like my kids now they don't know life outside of that right mm-hmm. Um, and then that feeds into the long-term vision as well. Like, imagine, like, did anyone here go to public school? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Right, so imagine, like, like public school, right? Like, like first year of class or whatever. It's like, hey, you know, introduce yourself. What do you do? What do you like? Hey, my name's uh, Andrew. I like I like playing footy. I go for Carlton. Oh, why? Because I like sport. Hey, my name's Rachel. I play guitar. Oh, why do you play guitar? Oh, because I like music. Oh, my name's Sahel. Oh, I do archery. Oh, wow, why do you do archery? Because I'm Muslim. Mm. Do you know what I mean? My name, my, name, my name is Ashraf. I train horses. Oh, why do you Sparks do that? Interest. Yeah, hundred percent. And then it's like, like yeah, that's that's almost like a mic drop moment because everyone's like, that's not. It's like, oh yeah. wow, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then what that does to the identity of the Muslim youth, you know what I mean? So I feel like like there's a lot of reasons. I forgot the original question, <laughs> but I, I wanted to because t- you said you bought a horse the week before your first daughter, daughter was yeah. born. Did you have like a farm or a back, big backyard? What? Back in there? Where do you yeah. put it? Yeah. That's a, that, that's a good so so with horse ownership there's something called adjustment where you can pay someone that has land to like like a rent like you keep your horse there and different places have different pricing so some places will be like 50 60 bucks a month some places will be like four or five hundred dollars a month and it just depends on like the resources the level of care that kind of thing um for me it was there was like an adjustment place near my house where you could keep horses and it, it was just an open field like there's no riding place not like you can just field and i kept them there and then um, the brother, the family that like where we're renting Archery Ascension now, before like back then, he was just like, why don't you just keep your animals at my place? And then, you know, they keep the grass short. I don't get in trouble with the council and you, you have like free, free land to use. So then I moved there. And then um, like as my kids were growing up, like we had the horse, then we had milking goats and like, they were sort of growing up like that. And then lockdown hit. And then when lockdown hit, we had this conversation around starting the club and doing something for the community using that land so it's not just so it's like they use lockdown for good luck and not like the rest of us <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure everyone is locked down for good <laughs> man like what we saw yesterday going you would expect that's been there for years yeah. i wouldn't say it started it that like lockdown it. like no. the community the amount of people there the amount of horses camels you know and just animals all around like yeah, there's, there's a lot of animals mashallah. Yeah. Like, honestly yeah like we can see from from what you've done, like there's actually a purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can see it in the groundwork of the community. You see all the people that come in and come around, and even the types of people that come in is so diverse. Subhanallah. Like we've seen even like were they non-Muslims? The yeah, there were people that were Muslim. There was and there's moms and kids and old people, young people. Hamza, but that's like that's what we want in a community, true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like from my point of view, like I wasn't necessarily doing much per se. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's I feel I feel like it's the activity. Um, and the animal and the place that like brings that baraka that makes it possible right and it's the idea of of our job is to be a shepherd 
Do you know what I mean? And we spoke a little bit, and we can talk about that, but like yeah. we spoke a bit about that. Yeah. Oh, we want you yeah. to develop on yeah. 100%. I think yeah. it would be good if people understand a bit more about your story because obviously you said, uh, how long ago did you buy Sadaka? Like your first horse, just said? It would be 2018. Okay. 2018, but yeah. Obviously, you got that's the horsemanship side of thing. Were you before that into archery? Is that oh man? Because then it's like archery, then horsemanship, and then the whole thing came about. Okay, l- l- let's let's go. Let's let's rewind. <laughs> yeah. So so, um, archery was twenty twelve, yeah, oh. 2011. So back in the YMA days, that's when I really started getting into the hunting and the outdoors and that kind of thing. But I had um, it was very very interesting. I was in uni, I was studying OT, um, and I was playing a lot of basketball. And I had my first job, Domino's Pizza <laughs> delivery in Hampton Park. Um, and I, re- I really liked my job. I was getting paid like $11 an hour. But then, um, but the thing was like like working and doing all those things. And I had like this moment where I was like, like, am I getting money just by making people fat, eating pizza? You know what I mean? And um, there was like, that was in the back of my mind. And then in my uni break, I went to Yemen for six weeks I did like an Islamic program there's a daughter for six weeks and I came back and I was watching a lecture on YouTube it was a two-minute lecture on archery in the Sunnah of archery and I went and I bought a bow and I didn't look back but what like what shifted in me was two things that I realized as a uni student or two reflections I've had that stayed with me the first one is around impact yeah and and existence so like the reality of the situation is is that all of us our existence and our non-existence is impacting the world around us. Does that make sense? 100%. So it's like, like if somebody walks into this room right now, he doesn't have to say anything, but his presence will affect all of us. We're like, who is that? Did it right? Likewise, if one of us just disappeared from this room, like your absence is going to affect all of us. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to, right? So, so you like you know, if someone's going through something, like suicide's not always the answer because. It's like you removing yourself is also going to impact and like your existence is also impacting, right? So it was like, how can my existence and non-existence have a positive impact on the world around us? Do you know what I mean? That was one question that was on my mind. And the second thing was, was um, like, if you knew me back then, you'd know I was a massive basketball fan. Yeah, like I loved, like loved it. Yeah, like I always had like like two two basketballs in my car. I had... Like, like shoes, MJ. boots, ready, everything. Huh? Or T Mac and Kobe. <laughs> 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 uh, um, let's see, God. That's gonna take yeah. like an hour. That's, that's a whole new podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Hakim, a larger one, and because he because he got Finals MVP in Ramadan. Oh wow! Right, so so that's a GOAT levels true. Wow. People don't talk about that, but see, like I like I knew like I know the game and I like I like I loved it a, a lot. Um, but what happens is. Right, if like you know, like Mount Rushmore, yeah, like who's on the Mount Rushmore of basketball, yeah. right? Like if you hit the top, like if you get to go to status basketball, whose company do you find yourself in, right? Le- LeBron, Kobe, MJ, whoever, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mount Rushmore of footy, who do you find yourself with? Mm-hmm. Mount Rush, yeah, Tablet. yeah, Martin, yeah, Martin, yeah, those blokes, those blokes. <laughs> yeah. Mount Rushmore of soccer, Ronaldo, Messi, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mount Rushmore of tennis, Federer, yeah. Mount Rushmore of archery. Arman Hanifa. No. <laughs> 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 no, but really. Oh, like, uh, the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
right? Um, Ismail, yeah, the Sahaba as well, right? The scholars, the greatest archers, like were our ulama, were the prophets, like Prophet Ismail was known to leave Makkah to go hunting and bring food for the people of Makkah, right? So you find just like that company, horse, like amongst horse riding, who, whose company do you find yourself in when you reach the highest standards? Right, and then you find the company of the Prophet You find the company of the Umar radiallahu anhu. Do you know what I mean? So it's like if I'm gonna like dedicate my life to a craft, because any like you know like we can talk about sport and activity and the mental, physical, emotional benefits that come from engaging in sport, right? But then which sport and why? Do you know what I mean? And if I'm gonna dedicate myself to a craft, whose company do you want? Like do you want to find yourself in once you, once you reach that destination? Right. How did you like? Are you, have you always been this kind of like introspective? Like, do you always, do you always throughout life think about like the end goal or what was going to happen, or did you just recently develop it? Yes, I I feel like um, I had good teachers. Do you know what I mean? And good parents. So so like you know like with like with the YMA system and growing up under Ustad Mahmoud and camps and those type of things as a young person really gave us that opportunity, like to be able to reflect. Do you know? Very yeah. introspective, you know? Like, like there's something you don't come across quite often, mashallah. Like, not me guessing you up or anything like that. Yeah. But, like, for somebody to go, hang on, I am playing basketball and it's not just, it doesn't just end at mm. playing a sport and throwing a ball in the hoop. Yeah. You know what I mean? It goes further than that. It's like, when I perfect this art, what are the, what are the people that I'm around? And it's like something that I've never thought about myself. Mm. And subhanAllah, I'm learning this now and I'm just like, wow. I just waste a lot of time for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? oh, <laughs> honestly, man. like, I, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, bro, like, honestly, like, if you think about it, like, yeah. the end goal of archery, like you were saying, it has mm. an actual echro benefit as well. Yeah. Beyond the, the beyond yeah. the, this realm, the, me, the physical realm. And SubhanAllah. Yeah, it, it's just like, it points me at that question, like, is it something that is... Is is that introspection something that was gained? Because if like if that's possible, then sign me up. <laughs> like a hundred percent, right? Because I guess like it has to be gained. Because I guess like say with like in the Quran, like what does Allah Subhanahu wa Taala tell us to do? It, like when He talks about like knowledge, it, it's all about reflection. There's there's a dhikr and fikr. Like you remember and you reflect. And I guess when I when I think about that, it's almost like all the knowledge you need. Is already placed within you. Do you know what I mean? And um, like, like so. So if you just like stop and settle and look, right? The answers are already there, right? Um, like, like when I was like when I was a young person, um, and it, you know, well, I'm still young, but like when I was a, when I was a teenager, and I was going through just like what we go through, identity crisis, whatever, as a teenager. Um, there was a time like so Ustad uh, Ustad Mahmoud he used to like he sends out text messages like to everyone yeah but like the way he sends it it's like you feel like he sent it to you but it was at that time like it was a particularly dark moment for me and he sent through a poem and it was a poem by Rumi and it said like one of the lines from the poem is why are you going about with a bucket when within you is a fountain be ashamed to seek like water from like from the little creeks when within you is a fountain of milk and honey that the world needs to experience right and and then and then 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 rumi in his next line has an ayah from the quran we we created the expansion within you do you not reflect do you know what i mean yeah 100%. so it's like like, like like this is what it means to be human beings 
right? And I think I think for us, it's just the more we step into our essence, it's like just the more amazing it is. Hundred percent. Right. You can tell even like in moments where you feel like your back's against the wall, you start to you start mm. to unravel things you've never thought that you had within you. You know. That's right. And it's true, man. Like when you think about it, a lot of what we a lot of what we perceive as impossible or or things that we didn't know was capable, like a lot of it is actually like within us. No, exactly. You're right, man. Exactly. And even the knowledge side of it, just because mm. I know, um, I see a lot like in the fitness world and stuff like that, a lot of people with weight loss or with trying to take care of their health, they're looking at every new hack, mm. every new goal. It's like, okay, if you do this exercise twice a week, you get these results. But you already have the knowledge of what it is to get the like the body That's and right. the physical health. It's like, Maybe eat right and exercise. Mm. That's yeah. it. It's yeah. Over a long we're always looking. Of time. It's like we yeah. have the knowledge, like you said, but we're always looking externally. Looking but externally. internally, all the knowledge is there that you need. 100%. Subhanallah. That's right. And and then our job then is to be in the right environment, and surround ourselves with the right people to really bring that out, right? Mm-hmm. And and that that's like so. I guess with Archery Ascension, we talked about that, right? So like, what's the purpose? To change the world, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Uh, what's the pur- I don't know if I talked to you, but it's like, what's the purpose of, of the club that we started? We said it's to change the world. How are we going to change the world? By transforming lives, yeah. right? How do we transform lives? By connecting them to the Prophet ﷺ, right? But why does that work? Because what was the Prophet ﷺ sent to do? Perfect character. To perfect character. So everything the Prophet ﷺ does or said is in the betterment of the human being. So by you engaging in that, then you're making yourself a better person. Mm. So if we then have a critical mass of people that are making themselves better people, mm. then we've changed the world. Yeah. Right? Change, change starts by one person. One, one person by one person. Yeah. Hundred mm. percent. Right? And it starts with the self too. Exactly. So when when I'm saying this, what effect does horse riding and archery do to like? What does it have on you yourself? Mm. You know what I mean? We can take time to dig. We can edit it out. Or we, can <laughs> we can play <laughs> some edit. funny background music like <laughs> Jeopardy or something. Fair enough. Or cut the video of us with the horses. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, it. It's interesting. Like with most sports, you, you can find like benefits with like in terms of personal development. Yeah. But what I've realized, and even with Asha, I was speaking to him earlier today, is that the Sunnah sports are all individual sports. Mm. So ha- like obviously there's hekma behind that. And mm. I want to know like your journey in like like actually doing the sports yeah. and like developing your skills over time within the sports do you know what's interesting on that yeah like it is and it isn't but archery and and you would have felt this or sometimes if you watch even how the ottomans trained right it's like salat it's like salat is much more powerful when we do it together right but when we're all standing row to row shoulder to shoulder toe to toe we're praying together but we all have an individual relationship with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right so archery as a sunnah sport it's like like it's like that. It's like mm-hmm. you all have your individual relationship with the target, but you're doing it together, right? And you'll see, like, like sometimes with the, like with the advanced archers, it's like they're shooting and they're shooting in sync, right? Mm-hmm. Or you would have see, seen even with the horses, um, like they move in sync with you, like they like you know, like when they walk around you and stuff, like they're matching your steps, they're matching your energy. And then, like in in Morocco, they have this thing where once a year they do this. Um, like they do this, it's not a race, but it's more of like an exhibition where they get all their stallions, like a hundred stallions, a hundred horsemen, a hundred um, guns, and they run and then they shoot into the air, like as part of a celebration. And you see like the horses are moving in sync. Mm. So so it's like, it is and it isn't. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think um, even when you just said that, I was thinking, yeah, because individual sports, you don't learn teamwork. 
and that's it's all about like communication with the other person and then it's like yesterday what we learn about horsemanship is it's all about you communicating with the horse Interesting. yeah, yeah. Like internally and externally and there's so many different elements to it there is teamwork or that kind of thing like your connection with still the horse. developing those skills mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It, it comes like again I guess it comes down to the impact question right like so if your purpose in archery is to hit the bullseye you've missed the target completely right okay. um because when it comes down to, like if you're because per- the because the the prophet sallallahu said he said the area between the targets is a garden from the gardens of paradise right so so one of the one of the interpretations of that um is that the process of you shooting your arrows pulling them out collecting them walking back shooting right that process what it does to your mental state and to your character right like forms an individual um, who like who's more likely to receive the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right so that it's like your way to paradise right so the purpose of archery then becomes about becoming a better human being right but if every human being is focused on how can I be a better human how can I like like how can I be a better brother a better father a better husband better imam right then it's like it's not really an individual thing is it no. do you know what I mean but we need to refine the individual like we need to draw out that in the individual first so it's like there's a bit of a paradox there yeah. right um but then with like with those sports as well it's like we can like we can make team games and we can make like you know like archery paintball or yeah right or like they play horseball or like relay races or whatever it is right and then we can bring that in inshallah because you think about it as well like even to go beyond that like you know you were like the, it was the journey in between not the actual hitting the bullseye that matters mm. Kind of like in a man, I'm out of yet, you know. That's right. Like the the intention is more important than the action. It's one hundred percent. You know what I mean? That that's tri- that's trippy because like life in general, and everyone who gets there will tell you like the journey is more important than the the destination. Yeah. I should have yeah. lost that quote. It's about the process. Yeah. It's about but one hundred percent, the process yeah. is way more important than the thing. Yeah. I think that's what you learn when you get older, man. Yeah. That's something that I've 100%. learned, especially when yeah. I got older, like. The main thing wasn't me becoming mm. a, fa- a football player later on, or mm. or wanting to be like wanting to make the AFL and become the greatest. It was like, well, how did you build yourself as a human being in the process? That's how right. did you become more fit? How did you become more switched on when, mm. the, when the chips were down? How did you react? What did the, the pressure do to you? You know, that exactly. builds your character as a human being in the future. One hundred percent, right? Sim Sim told us about that as well, bro. Remember when Sim goes? It's not about me making the UFC and becoming champion. It's about who I become as a person after it, that that stuff is gonna, that stuff is gonna help me in mm. my journey to becoming the human I want to become at the mm. end, which is crazy. Cause I never thought of it like that either. Yeah. It's like you punch someone, you don't punch them in the face. Which is bad, but they teach you in boxing. You don't punch the, you don't punch someone's face. You punch yeah, through them. You through punch them. what's on the other side. You kick through them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Sam's yeah, one of our mates is a professional MMA fighter. Yeah, so that's I, awesome. I, I thought we would have known, but <laughs> mashallah. So, yeah, mashallah. But yeah, that that that's something that yeah, we, we have to understand as human beings in general. Right? Yeah. Well, like that, the destination might be somewhere else that Allah wants you to go. Yeah. But the interesting thing is, like for example, you say for boxing, your trainer is going to teach you that. Mm. And one thing we found that when we had a podcast and we started a couple of years ago, there wasn't anyone in the community that we could kind of go to and ask for advice. Mm. This podcast is a very new thing. Yeah. And there wasn't someone who was kind of like in their 20s doing something. It's like, okay, hey, what technology should we buy? How, what type of content should we make? What type mm. of guests should we get on? And I feel like that might be the same for you because like archery and horsemanship, did you have like a mentor that kind of 
taught you a lot of this or is it just a lot of youtube videos you know there's there's both there's both um there's both i think like like there's definitely mentors out there um what well, one particularly helped like i guess youtube wise what, what was particularly ins- inspirational was Sheikh ibrahim from the uk or okay. cfr um mentor wise particularly with autumn ottoman archery was um ustad ami karat from maidan archery in sydney mm. um but then there's also this idea of of the oneness in all things do you know what i mean so it's like like the skills so for example with archery and horses now it's like like it's a metaphor for life itself, right? Like the horses become the training ground for how you're going to be a father. Archery becomes a training ground of, of your, or your mental state. Does that make sense, right? Hopefully when you play soccer and basketball, it's like like the metaphor for teamwork, for corporate challenges, that type of thing. Mm. Does that make sense? 100%. So so I guess, um, I think for me, like having that, that, that basketball background as well sort of helped in that and then it was like and then having the mental health background helped mm. and then and then when when i came upon archery and the horses it became almost like have you heard of the japanese concept of ikigai right so this is like, like like the blend of what you love what the world needs mm. um what you're good at and what you can be paid for or i'd say like who you are right mm. passion profession and purpose right it blends right and i find it's just a perfect it's just a perfect storm it's a perfect recipe right so like like as a community if we wanted to create something that's that's going to bring out like like solidify the identity of our youth give something positive back into the world build like you know like interweave what interweave well-being into the fabric of society like i can't think of a better way to do it right and my background like my professional background is an ot it's literally therapy through activity Right, well-being through being and doing mm. so it's like perfect. like it's all coming to one yeah perfect storm huh? it's a yeah. perfect storm can you um uh, tell us a bit about like because i remember yesterday you touched on maybe i missed it when you guys were chatting but how like horsemanship teaches you leadership because a lot yeah. of times for us in the community we think like msa is islamic society that's the only way we can get leadership experience mm. and then yesterday you were sp- explaining how horsemanship yep. which is like like for example a lot of people have cats yeah. people have animals in their house yeah. and they're like you know what's the difference between taking care of a horse so can you touch a little about how they can maybe horsemanship can train yeah. you to be a better leader Ooh, let's 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 look at like let's look at that but also like just preface like if we look what was the one job we knew all the prophets had shepherds yeah to be shepherds right and and that was like that was i guess the school like the school that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put them through right and why did Allah do that mm. like like right because so they learn how to be gentle with people and guide people and whatever right and so when it comes to our leadership model so like we say horsemanship is the art of leadership but for us we don't really look at it as leadership because leadership there's two paradigms you can really like approach leadership from one's like governance and one's this idea of being a shepherd or a ra'i mm. right all of you are a ra'i you're responsible for for um like your flock your people right that's what the prophet said so what's the difference between i guess a governor and a and a ra'i or a leader and a shepherd mm-hmm. right and i guess the paradigm that i like to look at it from is if you think about like an architect versus a gardener right so the architect like like he'll have this image in his head and like he'll control every detail of it and he like really like i guess shape the structure to what's going on and 
do you know what i mean and when he steps up yeah i designed i built that type of thing right for like from a shepherd or a gardener point of view um when the gardener wants a flower to blossom um what's his job he has to plant plant the seed cover it up make sure the soil levels are good water it get it sunshine mm -hmm. but when the flower blossoms can he step back and say i made that i created that he can't he can only step back and say subhanallah mm. he only like contributed slightly to it yeah. but he worked so hard mm. do you know what i mean yeah that's a very interesting right analogy. like he works so hard like your parents like like you like like you know some people try to be parent like in their parenting style it's more the architect oh my son has to do this and that, right mm. and oftentimes that doesn't work right but when you have a parent that then can create like a nurturing environment for their child to grow and flourish into like their own essence right like then we see do you know what i mean yeah. like 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 we see like we see beauty in that right and so, and so with the horses it's the same it's like if you try to like i guess especially initially if you try to like break in or or like shape it like like yes but like no right mm -hmm. but if you approach it where it's like we're going to build this creature up and we're going to have this synergetic relationship um it's so much more powerful and it, the thing is often people people will not do that with each other like 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 you want because to be able to do that for another creature you've got to be able to deal with what's going on inside of yourself right you can't you can't draw out and nurture the best in someone else if you can't do that within yourself right and often people won't do that like if i'm like go see a therapist like people are like why would i see a therapist i don't need, i can deal with my problems i don't you know what i mean right but you like being with the horse and trying to bring out the best in that like you you'd be more willing to put yourself in those situations where then you have to take your own self to another level. Mm. Does that make sense? How does that work with like because obviously if you try to force the relationship like sometimes mm. like managers will say mm. use the managers they come into a new business and they kind of just be strict and tell everyone what to do. Mm. Cuz obviously that like restrict people don't want to mm. kind of build a connection. Yeah. Horses it seems like it's a much more patient journey like you said yeah. like riding is the yeah. last bit that's what yeah. you kind of explained us to yesterday because all the boys came like man i want to ride a horse and then we went there we didn't even talk about riding a horse yeah and we don't even know like that seems like it's step six yeah so it seems like it's much more patient yeah. long time to build that connection you know yeah well it takes the time it takes right and this comes to falling in love with the process falling in love with the path right but coming back to that it's like what what actually makes a good leader then what makes a good shepherd like what are, what are the qualities we want in a in a shepherd or a leader like mm -hmm. like what is that oh you're asking um it felt like a rhetorical <laughs> question yeah, 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 yeah. didn't it <laughs> like uh probably like okay. responsibility as well huh? because with anything yeah. it's like if the sheep for example don't eat don't get their water whatever it is don't yeah. get taken care of it's on you That's you can't right. blame anyone else That's right. they can maintain safety yeah. right and it can be responsible communication communication well. yeah yeah, that's beautiful. So there's communication, there's a sense of safety. Yeah. Um, there's a sense, I guess, with safety, direction, like that responsibility, taking them somewhere, yeah. Yeah. right? And and there's like almost like one more. Ownership. No, if you, like let let's say you've got you've got a teacher or your parent, and like, I guess they're good communicator. Say, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Or you have to finish your homework before you go to bed, or whatever. Responsible puts a roof over your head. What's what's the last but most important love, thing? Affection. Beautiful mm. connection, attune. And uh, what like what is connection? It's attunement. The idea that 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 you as a follower feel heard, listened to, and understood, 
right? And if you feel like you're like like if you feel like the person who's looking after you, like hears you, sees you, and understands you, you're you're like they almost don't need to train you to do anything. Mm, do you yeah. know what I mean? It just right? happens. It just happens. It from just happens you. because yeah, because yeah. there's that love. It just happens from you, right? Yeah. And so and so even like with our horsemanship program, we break it up into suhba and tarbiya, okay. right? Because suhba's idea of companionship, building up that love and that connection, tarbiya is a training, right? Mm. And, and the bringing through but even and then you think about that like with youth or even like with marriage or with anything right like the more time you spend investing in suhbah investing in that companionship and building up that attunement like you putting yourself in a situation where you under really understand and get the person that you're with the easier the tarbiyah is right mm. and then what's very interesting about that is what were the people on the prophet called Sallallahu companions, companions yeah. sahaba, sahaba. Right? because the prophet some invested in companionship with them mm-hmm. he did life with them right and often like like clear example is alcohol right like like alcohol was halal for 19 years right like like something that now we say it's like the mother of all evils or mm-hmm. that are you know like like don't come to the mosque if you like it was halal for 19 years right but when the commandment came what happened with alcohol yeah. the streets were the full because people just Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean, right? But that that came from a level of love and attunement because, like, like it was ride or die with the Prophet mm-hmm. right? That's how it was, right? And and they understood because the Prophet was ride or die with them, right? Because when the when the Quraysh came and said, you know, we'll give you the kingdoms and the women and whatnot, he said, like, put put like the moon in my right, the sun in my left. I'm not gonna give up unless I'm success, like unless this mission is successful, or I die therein. Do you know what I mean? And again, we see the commitment to the process. Like he didn't know if it was like, didn't know at that time if he was going to be successful or not. Yeah. But it was like this is the way. He stuck with it, yeah. yeah. What I find interesting is like, with the whole thing about like understanding, like letting people be heard. A lot of people expect to receive it from others, but then they're never conscious about mm-hmm. actually giving it. That's right. Like like they're, they're too busy like focusing on themselves. Mm. I think that needs to be really developed, especially like within youth. They're not as conscious to this, to of listening to other people. Yeah, as in, like, to, in order to receive it, you have to give it. You have to be able to give it. And most times, give it first. Yeah, that that when you were saying that, <laughs> I guess I was doing it. Yeah. But when you're having a conversation with someone, like, what's generally happening when someone is talking, and you're listening to them? Talking about themselves. No. Like generally, what's happening is you're just waiting for your turn to speak. Okay. Mm. Yeah. You're not actively listening. You're not actually listening yeah. to them, right? It's like so. Yeah, no, no. That that's what came to mind when you were talking about that. Like, yeah, and like, what what's interesting is, is the more willing you are to actively listen to someone, then generally speaking, the more willing they are to actually listen to you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because once they've felt, felt, like heard and seen and gotten, then all right, then they can settle and then they can truly then open up to you, mm-hmm. right? And you see that in youth work all the time, right? It's like like you might come in as a youth worker, you might sit with like a troubled kid and you'd be like, how's it going? And he'll be like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, what did you say? Not much, right? But that's because like like the youth is thinking, this person doesn't really care how I feel. Like, why would I? Like, why would I open up to them, right? And and so that like being a good therapist is, is actually... Not showing, actually being able to. I actually am curious about your story, and I want to hear what's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And when you meet someone like that, then the young person is much more likely to open up to them. How do you used to do that? 
to show like because even in basic conversation there's obviously therapy where the person might be more closed mm. off but then even with your friends like sometimes you want to go to the next level yeah. you're like no nah, no nah, you don't really want to hear my problems mm. so how would you, you know? I, I learned that through the horses okay all right so so watch watch this here if um like so we talked about leadership being being a communication right like communication being a good a good um form of like like a good attribute or a good quality of a leader or a shepherd right so that, like like think about a husband and wife yeah and like the husband says how are you and the wife says i'm fine <laughs> we say that with our parents yeah, yeah? <laughs> we know the answer well what, what is it like if she says i'm fine is she fine no no so then like where's the communication issue i'm that's a joke but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what's it called but what's what's going on there um i don't know exactly or it could even be the other way around like if you're if, if the mom's like oh how are you or yeah it was a good day but doesn't really talk about it like yeah. maybe they're not very comfortable or maybe they're just not used to speaking to that person as often in detail about their a day. lot of times they even want you to ask more mm, you know? right show that more interest in that yeah. way yeah so so the 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 person that says i'm fine i'm okay i'm good and doesn't expand upon what's actually going on what they're actually saying is like i'm not sure that you're going to give me the attention um like that's required to the level of what's actually going on for me to um to actually tell you what's going on for me and feel seen understood and gotten in this moment right (laughs) yeah yeah you gotta be conscious of it that's right you know what i mean um and then so a lot of us like often like a lot of us we don't have these quality people in our lives like you're very lucky to have one like even if you're married like you're very lucky to have one person or two people that you can actually like talk to on that level like a lot of us are like icebergs where like we show the world like what's above the iceberg and below there's all this stuff going on but we don't actually have the spaces where we can actually lower that do you know what i mean and like social media generation has meant like we only see like the tip of the iceberg now do you know what i mean so it's like it's like that but when you can find people where you can like yeah like you can actually or you can be the person that people can actually let go and lower that waterline or actually tell you what's going on it's it's like like that's where true connection starts right and there's this idea of vulnerability that if like if i'm going to like drop this and show you my heart it's like like i have to be able to feel comfortable to be vulnerable with you but the cool thing there is that community like human beings we don't connect upon our strengths we connect upon our weaknesses Mm-hmm. That we build community because of our limitations, right? So it's like, you know, you're a lumberjack, I'm a blacksmith. We, we make an axe together. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know anything about wood, you don't know anything about steel. One of the most beautiful stories that I heard, um, there, was a, there was a man, he's legally blind, and he was with a friend, and they get into a taxi, and the legally blind man sits in the front, friend's at the back, and, the, and, and he turns to the taxi driver and says, hey, how's it going? And the taxi driver doesn't reply, or the Uber driver. And then after a while, the Uber driver turns around and says, oh, I'm sorry, were you talking to me? And he's like, yeah, I just said, how's it going? He's like, I'm really sorry. I'm actually like deaf in this ear, right? And, and the legally blind brother, he says, well, I'm, I'm actually blind. And then the Uber driver says, well, how about I be your eyes and you be my ears? SubhanAllah. Right? Yeah. And what a moment of connection. And that, that, that's how community is built, mm-hmm. right? Like husband and wife, it's like you're there to like cover each other's floors and, you know, be Spiritual garments and you, and you build you know what I mean? Um, so you have, like, you have to be able to lower that. And how do we do that? You need to be able to sit in that, I guess, that zone of being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. 
Do you know what I mean? And and when someone can see this person's writing with me, right? Like you feel like, hey, how's it going? I'm good. And you just sit there. It's like, yeah. It's like I'm not gonna take that. Like not that I'm not gonna take that answer, but I'm willing to wait and show you that I'm actually going to give you the time and attention and seriousness that it requires for whatever you feel like is actually going on for you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and so when I said I learned that with the horses, so one of the things that happens with the horses is that, like, we're talking about how they're creatures of anxiety, right? Um, so when a horse is in the, like, in the wild, they're eating grass, they hear a sound, or oh, it's a lion, they look up, they stop eating, scan for danger, or they run, or something, then they look, and then um, saliva returns back to them, they start eating again, right? And until they hear another sound, and they look up, then they run, and then, like they hold their breath, they run, settle down, like they start eating again. One of the things that happens, um, particularly horses that are around a lot of humans, and humans that aren't switched on, is that the horses start holding their breath. It's like, like they'll stop eating, but they won't ever like s- reset back into that relaxed system oh right wow. so, or like 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 maybe or maybe even like the first time a horse is with you it doesn't really know you so it's sussing you out because like to them like from a biological point of view we're actually enemies because like where does it like we look like a threat yeah. like we look mm. like a predator right so they're like sussing you out right and you've just got to sit and wait how long until does it usually take to develop that relationship the, oh how long does a relationship take to develop, man? Yeah, human relationships. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but this is why this is this is why it's like the perfect grounds to to actually develop those skills, right? Um, like like for me, I'd never say like we break in horses. It's more like we build them up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because because it's thing, and so it's like like you know if you ask me like with Sadiq, how long did it take to train her? Well, it took four years to get to this point, and it was a process. Do you know what I mean? And are we at the end? We're not. <laughs> what does the end look like? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah So there, there's that there But like you think about Like for a lot of human beings now We're in the same situation Where it's like Rat race So it's like You know Especially if you have a job You don't like It's like Like to be a professional You can't be all emotional And oh this is actually going on for me Like my dad's in hospital My mom's sick da, 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 Right It's like you have to You just have to get through the day Right But then if your whole life Is just you getting through the day And you never have that situation Where you can actually open up to someone or with someone um then you become emotionally shut down mm. right and and like they say you if if you can't ex- experience like like emotions are like a spectrum yeah like to be able to ex- like experience like really high emotions you have to be able to experience really low emotions right but if you're emotionally restricted then like your spectrum of emotions also become emotionally restricted right mm. so like like it's not necessarily like it is a good thing and it's not a good thing but one of the things that's happened in the Muslim community it's like how are you I'm good alhamdulillah that's yeah. it right? that's the basic yeah. yeah and then alhamdulillah now becomes really an astaghfirullah because you're using Allah's name to like emotionally restrict yourself mm. right oh, wow, that's fascinating. right but if you can use like yeah it's like you know like oh this and this happened and like you know like I got bogged and da 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 but alhamdulillah like yeah. that's yeah. a completely different alhamdulillah you mean it do you yeah, know what I mean? It. It's like, like you know, like you know, like I went, like we went through pain, we went through happiness, we went through frustration, we went through da da da, and Alhamdulillah, like mm-hmm. what an amazing thing that we could experience all of that, right? And one of the hadiths about, like I guess, emotional regulation, the Prophet said, is that the, that the non-Muslim or the non-believer is in one state, is in one hal his whole life, 
and the believer goes through 40 states in a day. Wow. Yeah, because he's present, he's in the moment, mm-hmm. right? But if we're just like, alhamdulillah, and like, like, like we're like holding on the reins of, it's like, mm-hmm. okay. It's not healthy. No, yeah. it's not healthy. I think even your, because you touched on with the horse and like there's times in your relationship you have to be a bit uncomfortable. Mm. Just understanding that. And then it even goes to the start when you said you have to have time to actually reflect on the knowledge you have mm. internally. It seems like a lot of time is spent like alone just with your thoughts. It's same as like when you're with mm. a horse, it's just you and a horse. Mm. But it, the horse isn't talking back to you. So when you're with your friends, you're chatting about life, you can kind of be a bit distracted. But when you're with a horse, like I used to think about when the companions used to be on a camel and they'd be on a journey for hours. Mm. What did they used to think about? Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, us, we get bored uh, in the aisle in the supermarket, we pull out our phone. Subhanallah. So it's like that kind of thing. And us, it seems like all of this reflection yeah. is only going to help you. But then it's, you have to put yourself in those situations. That's right. Which is what horsemanship kind of does, being with the animals, being outdoors. That's right. To put yourself, to experience amazing things, you've got to put yourself in like amazing mm. situations, right? But then this comes like, like there's a lot there. But one of the beautiful things, like even, um, even the like the Arabs or the Sahaba, what what would like how would they raise their kids? They'd send them out to the desert. First couple yeah. Right? yeah. Right. To, and and I feel like that like that's exactly why, right? And it's in the desert that they learned character and language and poetry mm-hmm. and those kind of things, right? And then they came back. And you look at any any indigenous native society, will be an intensely spiritual society. Right, whether it's monotheistic or like paganistic or whatever, but it, like any any society that's connected with nature, um, will be intensely spiritual. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because because everything about the natural world and the outdoors reminds you of your essence mm. and caters towards your essence, right? And so it's like the birds remind, the bricks forget. I think I think we felt that a lot yeah. yesterday. Like going there, like Ali goes, we were there for hours and we didn't even want to pull out our phone. Mm. And I was like, that kind of thing. It, it, like the first thing, you know, when we went to the bathroom and you're talking with Ahmed, he goes, man, it feels good to be in nature. We're there for 10 minutes. SubhanAllah. Yeah, it's just because maybe right. like I haven't, it's been a long time away from yeah. it that instantly you get that feeling back in nature. It's like, yeah, I should be here more often. Yeah. And even 100%. something as simple as like, because I know you're there all day, yep. you're walking around, you're, the sun's hitting you. Like me, I work office job and I'm inside my room. Mm. So first thing is you're, you're sitting yep. on your desk all day yep. And you don't get the steps in Like you don't get the actual physical benefits yep. And then you don't get the sun, the fresh air There's mm. so many like little benefits that you can get From these habits yep. You know like basketball is mainly indoor sport, indoor sport. Like Even yeah. that kind of thing It's like being outside, being right. in nature, being with animals yep. It's like it's, it's 100% true right And, and what I feel this, this is something I was thinking as I was driving up here It's like Do you know, do you know Surah Al-Ankabut? About yeah, the spider, spider, right? Um, like, like, what's what's the main lesson about the spider there? Yeah. Sure. Right, like, what do we know about the spider's web? Don't know. Yeah. That it's the flimsiest of homes. That that like that, that that's all, I think one of the ways it's described in the Quran, right? But if you look at the spider's web, it's intricate and it's beautiful, mm. right? Mm. But it's so flimsy. Right, so like for a lot of us, like like if we look at, I guess our bricks, right, our financial system and like our work system and whatever, like it works for us because we've built like a construct around it, but it only works as long as that as long as that construct exists. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? As soon as there's like a global financial crisis or a hazard, COVID. right, everything collapses, right, and then like where's the real value then? 
It's actually back, back, back to basics. Back mm. to like the price of chickens during lockdown. Like a chicken's normally like twenty, thirty dollars. Right? If you want to buy a chicken in lockdown, it's one hundred twenty, one hundred eighty dollars. No. Yeah. Right. It's like, really like you know, people are like, oh, let's buy gold, let's buy Bitcoin, <laughs> let's buy. It's like actual wealth. Like, w- like when things hit the fan, is it's back. It's back in the basics, right? Mm. It's back with it's back with livestock and land and your ability to actually live with and engage the world you're in. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And the cool thing about like the Muslim world, like, you know, when you go to Spain, hopefully you'll see it, um, is that Muslim cities were actually like very nat not natural, but like they 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 enmeshed themselves like with yeah, the with place nature. they were, right? So like in in, in Cordoba, like like you see the channels, like the water and the wooded areas and the plants, like that was like like us our, our city's design was to live with the places that we were. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I feel like in a lot of the Western countries and ci- the international cities, it, it's it's so rare to even see that. Yeah, like exactly. You'd be very surprised to even get a bit of that, and that's where we kind of fall loose a bit mm. with the nature. That's right, uh, because we're trying to import something. It's like like one of the big problems with the Muslim community, I guess, up until now with masjids, was what it's like. We had our Turkish uncles and a and like our Pakistani uncles and whatever that they'd come from Pakistan or Bangladesh or. Mm like Albania or wherever it is, they come here and they're like, we need to build a community centre, but they they wanted that community centre to be like how it was at home, mm. right? And so we need to build a Turkish mosque, we need to build a Pakistani mosque, we need yeah. to build a, whatever right? With Where, whatever they were comfortable with. And white people were the same. Like white people, wherever they went, they were just like, we need to build these Gothic churches. When they came to Australia, oh, we need the rabbits and the foxes and the sheep, right? And like, do you know what I mean? Rather than, but like a person that's connected with nature goes to a place and they're like, okay, how does this place work? And how can I fit myself within this structure, right? And one of the cool things, again, like, I guess being with the horses, what you feel, especially as your first time, you feel like intensely inadequate. Like this mm. thing could kill me. Yeah. 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 I felt that even with the camel, like being near it, yeah. it was like the friendliest camel went to. I just felt like a bit vulnerable. That's way, right. Because I'm not too familiar with the camel. I just don't know what its next move. No, 100%. And the trust right. is in there, obviously, because I'm not familiar. 100%. Very interesting. And you're like, you're like, yeah, it could bite my head off. It could, yeah. it could, yeah. it could kick me. I'd be dead. There's nothing I can do in this I'm situation. Lying, yeah. Right? And I think that's one of the reasons why the birds remind. Because when we're in nature, we're forced to be humble. When we create our spider webs, uh, we think we're the kings. Mm. Do you know so what I mean? Yeah. Right? Fir'aun, like when Musa went to Fir'aun and was like, um, what's it called? Like, you know, like worship Allah who brings life and brings death. Fir'an says, well, I bring life and that bring me two people. You live, you die, right? Mm-hmm. So he created this construct and the only reason it worked was because he was operating within his construct, mm-hmm. right? Like so many of us, like we operate within, I guess, our bubbles and like, you know, we think we're good. And all this pride right? is developed here. Yeah. yeah, and like the moment you need to like get stuck in mud or like, do you know what I mean? You're like, subhanAllah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, you're yeah. you're, you're kind of useless in a way. I don't want to use that term, but yeah. you do feel like that. No, yeah. it's, it's 100% true, right? But then... The beauty in that, what's the beauty in that is you realize human beings um, are distinguished not by our mind or or our bodies, right? Mm. We're distinguished by our souls. What makes makes you different to the camel is your ruh, is your soul, is your essence. What makes you different to the horse or or like an AI system is your soul. Like we are known by our soul, Mm. right? And then it's like, all right, how much attention and in, and intention, like in our lives, do we pay to then catering towards what's good for the soul? 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was just going to say, one of the things I recognise, even with the just being on the archery ascension yeah. for the first time, was that compared to other sports as well, it caters for like both genders. Mm. And for the Muslim community, it's obviously very healthy to be active and yeah. you, know, phys- you need the physical benefits in your life. And certain sports doesn't really cater for both genders in a way. So mm. I kind of I saw that a bit briefly, but then I want you to just talk about like how it benefits both the blessings in it. Well, the thing is, it's like I haven't paid too much attention to that. Like I think maybe it's like if we talk to a sister about it, like they yeah. can talk. But for me, it's like humans, like this whole, t- it's about, it's about who we are as human beings, right? And like, were your brother, sister, young, old, that you're a human being and like, and like in doing these things, like you find that benefit, you know what I mean? And in, and in our history, we have, we have Nusayba, radiallahu anha, right? Who like fought along the Prophet, sallallahu in the battle of Uhud, right? The Prophet, sallallahu says, like in, like in Uhud, when the people were like, when the Quraysh were like coming closer, where, when I looked left and right, I saw Nuseiba with her sword or with her bow. Like, like wherever I looked, she was there fighting, fighting, protecting me. Right? To the point, like, after he passed away, Umar radiallahu was a khalifa. Um, he got married and someone gifted him a shawl to give his wife. And he said, go find Nuseiba and give this shawl to her. Because, because when, like, during the time of the Prophet wasallam, he said that when I looked left and right, that's, I, I saw her fighting beside me. Do you know what I mean? Then we have, I think, um, Khawla, Khawla radiallahu anha, right? Um, in the in the time of Khalid bin Walid, um, like like th- there was like Romans or someone coming, and they and they saw like they saw a person upon a horse wearing a turban and like fully cloaked was like in the midst of the battle, like leading the charge, like just taking on four or five people at a time, right? And this and the and the and the army, like the Muslims that were there, they thought that was Khalid bin Walid. So they started rallying behind this person, right? And then and then Khalid bin Walid comes and they're like, huh? <laughs> What's that? going on? Who's that? Yeah. And then and then Khalid bin Walid calls calls the person over and says, like, who are like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, what's going on? Uh, and then she says, like, 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 I'm not he's like, he's like, take off your veil. And he's like, I'm not, she's like, I'm not gonna take it off out of modesty, but this is who I am. Mm. Right? Mm. And then we have during um like the battle of the trench, right? When um like I think it's Safiya, Safiya, um, radiallahu anha, right? They say that she was a one-woman army, right? Um, and and so and so I think there was like a Jewish man or Quraishi that jumps over the trench, right? And is about to break into the, like break into the stronghold where the women and children are hiding and some of the men that aren't fighting. And there's a brother there that's like they're like defend us, defend us, and he's scared. He's a poet. He's not a warrior, right? And then and then he's like, I can't do it. So then she hides, and when the, and when like the enemy breaks in. She sneaks up behind him, assassinates him, and throws his body over the fence. So it's like, 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 like that was a caliber of women, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's like if you think about it, like, like you know, like in the SWAT team, they have a saying: you never rise to the occasion, you sink to your level of preparation, right? So it's like our women were active as well, right? And in a healthy community, right? Like, w- like they feel welcome. And if you look, like you were just talking about Preston Mosque, right? Right, the women's side, the sisters, like they they they're going head on five days a week. Every like they're doing something. Like the more engaged our sisters and our mothers are in a community, the healthier that community is because they're really the pillars. Do you know what I mean? Like they're the pillars in the hearts, and I guess like we're more like the shepherds in the gardens. Like we like we work hard to create that environment where people can come and flourish. Mm. 
it's a good um, psychology to have because sometimes we, maybe as the guys or we here, we're a bit restrictive mm. on them, and then we don't because we only we don't think about the sauna sports as an option for our sisters and stuff. We can only encourage like footy or soccer or basketball, and sometimes mm. it's not the sports that you know your sisters are interested in. So it's good to have that. Um, as an option I wanted to touch on now Because you just said shepherds And you pushed on the idea That all the prophets Were shepherds Yeah Why isn't um, Is it encouraged As encouraged Maybe as horsemanship Because obviously you said Horsemanship Sunnah sport Maybe because mm. it's more of a sport But then I've never really Heard people say Push to becoming a shepherd Yeah You know So maybe like that Differentiation Between Taking care of a horse Taking care of a shepherd While maybe yeah. one's more encouraged it's really interesting, yeah, because I like, see at Archery Ascension, one of the things that we've tried to do is we've tried to have, I guess, <laughs> cover all the animals, yeah. right, as in that I mentioned. So we have the camels, we have the horses, we have the sheep. Um, but what you see by working with different animals is they have different natures, right? Um, and sheep, like, I think, like, also have very different qualities. So learning leadership from or learning stewardship from every animal will teach you different things. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think like like in the like if you really want to understand how like like big groups work or on mass works, like masses work, like you'd be working with sheep, mm. right? Not saying that people are sheep, but like you really see like sheep really have a group think type mentality yeah, to yeah. them, right? Yeah. Um, but you also have to be very gentle with them, right? So then like to inculcate gentleness within you, like is really is really important. Like working with horses and camels, um, there's less gentleness than involved with sheep. So that'll really bring out more of a fire in you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like some people, some people need to be softened. Some people need to be like, like that fire needs to be brought out. Right. And then in that we find the balance. Right. So, so yeah. SubhanAllah. It's a man management. Yeah. I, it is beautiful. And even like, a big thing is because you said the rat race and it's making me think about my entire job. Yeah. Unfortunately, because I'm sitting in my room all day. Yeah. Yeah. And we just switched today to full-time working from home. Oh so no man. more going to the city and stuff. So obviously it helps with being able yeah. to do this nice. uh, you know, yeah. right after work and stuff like that. But it's like out the desire to be there out mm-hmm. in nature and stuff like that. I want to hear, because for example, we have our, say, hobby, side hustle, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And a lot of other people have similar things. And you started Archery 2012. When yeah. did you get a horse? Twenty eighteen, you said. Twenty eighteen, yeah. So it's been a couple of years, but how did you turn hobbies into like a, uh, say, a business and a community? Jeez. You know, maybe even like a business, because obviously maybe your occupational therapy mm. side helped with that. With the you know that can be a source of income. Yeah. And then the community that came after that. Oh man, that's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Is a short answer. Or probably the honest answer because even like like from a business point of view like i don't have a business background mm. and i didn't study business um like i studied people right and my job like my job has been how to help people right and then like i guess in in, in being able to help people like you can't pour from an, from an empty cup mm. right so, so so my greatest challenge um as, as like a therapist or as a clinician or whatever was like how do i like how do I maintain my cup um, so that I can help other people, right? And then, like, then um, I guess Archie Ascension came about because then it's like, okay, like, like this benefit can't just be contained here. Like, like this is who we are as people, mm. right? But we don't know that. Like, we don't know how amazing we can be, True. right? So, so then how do we, like, take this out to the world, right? And then it was just like, 
okay let's like share these ideas with a small group of people and then it sort of grew from there right mm -hmm. but like the best community um is a community or the best organization is an organization where there's people like people from diverse backgrounds with a singular purpose mm -hmm. right diversity of backgrounds singularity of purpose right and, and i think that's what like, that's what the ummah is do you know what i mean that's what it found so, so it's like like first and foremost it's like myself needs to be that like you know i have my limbs my mind all facets of me should be working towards one thing then my family should be that then the like the people around me and then the community and then like 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 so so does that make sense yeah yeah in terms of in terms of um like business so so right now where i'm at it's like if you ask me like how i'm going i'd say that from a life point of view i'm s like really like like sakina like like it's it's like there's a sense of peace there's a sense of focus because everything like like all like all guns like like all systems are like focused on this one thing and this one thing is also ikigai it's like passion profession purpose i'm not like dean dunya da, 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 do you know what i mean family work da, 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 right it's like it's all blended right but then <laughs> it's like business and like okay three-year plan five-year plan corporate da, da, i have no idea and i'm like i'm that's what i'm learning now yeah right and and like like I'll, you probably have to ask me that later on because mm. it's like still early days yeah um but in terms of myself like what i believe like if you have um i i guess like my personal conviction like what i draw upon i like say if i have like muses um or musings like one thing is i guess there's a few but one thing is that is that mount rushmore i think about that a lot do you know what i mean the second thing i think about is that identity question right like like for my girls growing up it's like do you know what I mean? Do you it's want like, them to like align with who do I want them to and like who do I want them to be and like you know what I mean who are their superheroes and that kind of thing, yeah. and then um, and then for myself in terms of conviction, it's like it's like that trust in the process and that if Allah and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi says something's good, it's like you can close your eyes and like jump mm. in and see where it takes you, right? Mm. Um, that's where it is. Um, and then like really like like I know like some people are more like okay let me plan this out da 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 I'm more like jumping feet first and then just figure it out. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So so even like with the horse, like it wasn't like I researched like, how much does it cost to care and uh, break it down. No, I was like, okay, like this, there's that that's a hadith on horses. Um, that's enough. That that's enough. I bought mm. a horse. Like like now like and I learned so much. So like, now if I was gonna buy a horse, like, I could tell you, okay, check the hooves, da 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 mm. movement, temperament, look at the eyes, look you at the, on the way. Yeah, like I've learned and like you know, so so I've been kicked a bit and fallen off, whatever. Mm. All those things that you're worried <laughs> yeah, about, yeah. you went through it, yeah. But now I can like, and like I've tasted it, right? It's mm. like so knowledge is like you read it, um, or you hear if like you take from someone yeah. else, or you experience it, right? So it's like th there's been, the, and that's how I've learned. I, I guess it's costed a bit, but it's like the thing is, it's, it's good. Hunting. It makes you remember it more when you exactly. kind of go through the mistakes. It's like they say, start then learn, mm. then learn then start, because mm. if you keep learning is you go through like yeah. analysis paralysis we yeah. keep analyzing like for example you want to start running you would say i want to make sure i get the right shoes mm. start analyzing for weeks the right shoes okay i need the right clothes and i need the That's right this right. and the right it's like sometimes you've got to start no, and then kind of do it and i we hear oftentimes like people with podcasts people on youtube that start businesses they say everyone's winging it mm. like literally yeah, it's 100%. like my parents when i talk about their business no yeah. one's giving them a 
you know like there's no, there's no this is the recipe to yeah, kind of be successful it's like right. you kind of just keep winging it no, and that's how you grow and develop those kind of skills 100% and I guess that's also then I guess relationships and marriage and whatever it's like like you can't really map it out like yeah. there's no blueprint right mm-hmm. uh, like the advice that my dad gave me is like if somebody meets like i guess like, like say if you got a criteria it's like if somebody meets 70 percent of that that's good that's really good like you can marry that person and because you, the 30 percent you can work on to like you'll figure out they'll figure out yeah, yeah. there's, there's only f- th- things you figure out afterwards yeah that's right that's right um but i guess there's good practices um i think and i think as well it's also like when it comes to I guess business model or those kind of things, I think one like one of the things that I did was I because I don't know I asked people who know like who knew, right? It's really interesting that as I'm saying this because like I heard like a talk recently where someone saying the Quran has an answer for everything, mm-hmm. and then and then someone like like an atheist or someone goes to the person and is like, all right, the Quran has an answer for everything. How much bread should I, or how much flour should I use to make this amount of bread, right? Like, does your Quran answer that question? He's like, yeah, it does, right? And he's like, all right, then answer it for me. He's like, let me go get a baker. Then he goes, he gets a baker, comes back, and he asks him the question. The baker says, oh, two bags, mm-hmm. right? And and then the atheist says, well, you asked the baker. He's like, yeah, but what does it say in the Quran? If you don't know, ask those who know. SubhanAllah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, like, like, I guess in my journey, a lot of it was, all right, like, there are, br- like, there are brothers, sisters, aunties, uncles in the community that are successful business people, mm-hmm. run successful NGOs, community organizations. So it's like a lot of my time was asking them. It's like, um, you know, like there's there's a company called Hub Shifa. They sell black seed oil. Um, so like I reached out to them because like, and like like that brother, like the, the, the CEO of that company, like he probably put my heart at ease the most because he's, like he comes from a business background and whatnot. And he's like, look, Omar, the thing that worked for me was, um, it was like, I made my intention. Um, I wanted to revive a sunnah. SubhanAllah. Right? Yeah. And then I just saw Barakah come through like the business. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he's like, like keep your intentions pure. Da, da, da. And then like, you know, and then like we'll have like, I guess, conversations around like, you know, how we set up these structures and yeah. that kind of thing. Or uh, like another group of people that have been really helpful is... Um, Sister Mariam Chaudhry from Islamic Museum. I don't know if she's still there, but Islamic Museum Australia. And it's like, okay, like, you know, how did you go about like lever- leveraging NGOs and, you know, mm-hmm. volunteer teams and that kind of thing? Because Archie Ascension, a lot of it's volunteer driven. Mm-hmm. They're very community driven. So the way that it works right now is that Archie Ascension is like, is not for profit, community driven. And then like, it's always, like we're trying to get it to a point where it's sustainable and like we can make that a reality. And then the way that I'm right now, because like I quit my job job, so the way that I'm right now, like trying to make ends meet is through, is through the NDIS therapy with the animals. Okay. And so we're building like, so, so now like I'm at a point of trying to build up both, mm. like almost two organizations. Mm. But at the, the same same at the same location? At the same location. So full time, you're pretty much at where at you the, went? Yeah. Okay. How, um, could you take us through like a day to day? Like, I know every day is nah, different. I can't. <laughs> okay, how about, today you already told us? Yeah. How about like a weekend? Take oh. us through like on Saturday, because we saw you Sunday. I mean, you had classes. There's in the never a dull moment, man. There's never a dull. Always there's always, new, yeah. there's yeah. always some action, and and that's the beauty about being in nature. It's like, like, actually, like in nature, there is order. Like mm. there is, there is a sense of like you know, the sun orbits the earth. Mm. Huh? The earth yeah. orbits the yeah. sun, and the moon orbits the earth, and the sun orbits like another star, and like everything's in perfect balance and perfect order. But there's like, it's not like a rigidity. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Um, so like no no two days are the same, man. Um, but like the mornings will be like 
um, it'll be like go out there, check the animals, water, feed, that kind of thing. Um, now, like part of, like like the members, like we built a roster, and like one of the sisters manages that. So it's like like by being a member, then you, like, you get to learn to care for the animals and bring your kids. And so like like there, there's a couple that like, they come two three times a week now to look after the animals and mm. and like they were like this saved our marriage like because like coming to lockdown like, you're stuck together and it's like you have to do something productive and do you mm. know what I mean? Maybe not say like like it made their marriage better. Do you know what I mean? So it's like. And then on Saturdays we have kids come, that kind of thing. During the week right now is a little bit quiet, like admin time or like one or two kids come for therapy. On Saturday we have we have young kids come in the morning, and then um, in the afternoon, like once a week we try like we have two sohbah sessions during the week, so sohbah companionship sessions. One's like with sisters only, so I think that's like a Wednesday morning where it's just sisters like they bring food to share, they do archery, they play with the horses, they. Like it's just sisters nice, only yeah. space, right? Like they like they might like do competitions together and like we have foam arrows, shoot each other, that mm. kind of thing. Um, obstacle course, like just whatever, just sohbah, just right that space. Then we have one for brothers. Then Sunday mornings, like the whole community. Then we have the classes. Um, recently, we've, we've been starting going like we've started going into Islamic schools, and Islamic schools have been coming to us. Um, so now, like now, we're developing like I guess models that we can like. You know, present to schools like we can do this to you, like yeah. for your kids or bringing kids to us, that kind of thing. And like back end wise, like I guess, like with the therapy stuff, I really want to solidify like a really good model, like a therapeutic model, and also I guess, like leadership wise, I like create a really good leadership model. Um, like yeah, inshallah. So, so, so how does so how does it work with the schools? Like when you go there, because I'm trying to think about how you even run the that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Um, you, like I don't know, I don't know. Um, like on my Instagram page, like I've, I put up a picture. The uh, like what was when this went to school last week. It's like my horse in the middle of a basketball court. Wow. It was like she loves. It was like yeah, the past, <laughs> yeah. And the past, and the present. <laughs> now I had um, what did I caption it? You know, there's there was a Kobe Bryant ad with, with it was like, are you the same beast yet a different animal? <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, I can't no, remember the old ESPN ones. Yeah, so that, that's what I. That's, that's what I got. <laughs> like, Alhamdulillah. Now we take them like like we'll message the schools beforehand. We'll get pictures and stuff like, and we'll say, okay, we need a safe spot to shoot that you know no one's coming behind. Da, 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 place for the horses where there's water. Da, and then um, we had like like we, we I bought a horse float from Gumtree, and somebody gifted us a trailer. So. Um, it's like, like, you know, like then some of the volunteers like let us use their cars. So we'll tow them up to the schools. Sometimes like I just coming to this side's a bit epic. Mm. Like last last week we were in Caroline Springs um, AIA. That's far for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so we left like we got to like we left at five thirty six AM and got there at nine that we did a program for the kids. Inshallah. But but like it was awesome. Like I guess seeing the kids light up. So rewarding. Mm -hmm. It's awesome, man, right? Um, when I was in uni, like when I was in school, um, there's something called the Kwong Li Dao yeah. Young Scholar thing, right? And then if you get accepted into that program, you get to do like one unit um, of like a uni subject while you're in year 12 or year 11, and that goes towards your VCE. Um, so I did that for a term. Um, and then the what happened was I picked law. And and in the first presentation, um, there was a lawyer presenting, like really successful, right? And he like he had his like he owns own private yachts and this and that in Melbourne. 
Um, but then he was saying like how he like he he quit like not Muslim like he quit all of that and like he started up like us like a social enterprises type of thing, and then for him like the summary of his story was that his like success is not measured by um, by the amount of money in your bank account. If success is measured by the amount of smiles your existence puts on like the people around you. Right, so so like by the impact, right? So so like I guess like when it comes back to business, but like to be honest, like I don't know my numbers. Like I couldn't give you like a profit loss statement mm-hmm. of I like I don't, like that's not a good thing. Like, like that's what I need mm-hmm. to learn. Yeah. Right. But I know we have something that will and is and can have a perfect impact on the community. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And like I guess I see my job now as like how do I nurture this? To be like, like the best version of what it can be. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? What does that look like? I don't really know, right? But what would be really cool is that where there's a Muslim community, there's a place where this kind of things happening, and it doesn't need to be like an archery ascension franchise. It's just like, say, like there's a mosque getting built. Like the cool thing about archery ascension is we're next to a masjid, right? Yeah. Like we're next to Halal Masjid. So like, imagine if there's a mosque being built in like Gippsland. You know, like with Bendigo, there's all this like, oh, I don't build the mosque. Da, da, da. Mm. Right, but and like you were saying before, like, like there are people that aren't Muslim coming and experiencing and like falling in love with with, with what we do and who we are, right? And so when they hear there's a mosque being built in Sale or in Malakura or like wherever, like Queensland somewhere, right? It's like uh, we want those people to be like, like yes, please build the mosque. Because with the mosque is going to come a therapeutic archery, garden. Yeah, exactly. With the mosque is going to come archeries. The mosque is going to come horses in this community, and it's going to be good for my kids. And you know, mm. right? Mm. And it's like this. This is who Muslims are. Oh wow! Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. A lot of uh, uh, what I even realized with that, because what we're starting to realize, well, some communities, not all, yeah. is that they're focusing more than just the mosque itself, more mm. than just the prayer section. That's so right. It's like you got to actually somehow bring the community together, bring the youth, making yeah. it a place where they're just, they're coming more often than usual. And That's this right. This is their place to be instead of you know, the wrong areas. Mm. Mm. And I just feel like this is what I'm, I'm starting to see when I went the other day to your place. Yeah. It just seems beautiful. The mosque is right there. And then you've got the activities. There's always something going on. Is you can help out. Yeah. That's right. There's always something going on, but there's also a sense of like, you can just sit out and chill. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you, yeah? it's very inviting, very open. That's right. Yeah. And if you come after Fajr, like when the mist is rising and stuff, oh, it's magical. That Sunday actually was a magical after Fajr time. Um, and it's, it's, it's really, really cool because... That was a hint that we missed oh. out. <laughs> yeah, someone said <laughs> <someone laughs> <in> this. <sick. laughs> <laughs> but what, what was really epic that morning is that the first people that were there, there was... Like, like, cause I was a bit late, cause I went to pick up some sujuk and eggs, mm. and so I got there at eight. But there was, there was like, f- f- there was three sisters. There was, there's five people there at seven a.m. All of them had come from Faulkner. Right. Yeah, and like they were just shooting in the mist, and like it was amazing. Yeah. It's amazing, and and yeah, and like, like the more you put yourself in those situations. It's just the more it's like the easier it is for you to step into your essence, right? Mm-hmm. Coming back to basketball references, like Coach Kaido, what does he say? Or oh, what's that famous? He doesn't say it. The famous line: oh. "Our most, no. our most, um, our greatest fear." What's that? We are not inco- inadequate. That we are powerful beyond measure. Mm-hmm. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the stories we say in the schools: the Battle of Badr. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Right? What happens in the Badr? Like, how does Allah describe the day of Badr as a day of Allah? Mm. Right? And and how does He describe the two armies? He He describes the two armies as it was the day the two great armies met. Right? And when He talks about the Muslim army, when He talks about the Quraysh, is like He's he, like there's a word used, but it's the that this army had the perception of weakness. The Muslim army that was three hundred and thirteen people, right? That they were wearing rags. That was one sword between three people. There was one horse in that army. There was maybe two or three camels, right? Right. But that day, and the Quraysh army, they had their fine weapons, their fine armor, their fine women, their fine food, their fine music. They were ready for war, right? And when Abu Jahl sends a scout, he says, "Scout the Muslims. Tell me what you see." The scout gets on his horse and rides around the Muslim camp. Comes back to Abu Jahl and says, "There's 300 people. They're wearing rags." They're near the water wells or whatever. And then Abu Jahl says, so what do you advise? He says, I advise we turn back. Right? And then Abu Jahl gets furious. And he goes, like, why would you say that? And then he says, because a people who come like that, dressed for war, there's something to them that we cannot see. Amazing for him to even recognize that. SubhanAllah, right? And then Abu Jahl is like, no, we're going to drag them up, tie them, take them back to Mecca. Right? Look That's a ragtag army. And look yeah. what happened, right? Who was routed that day, right? And like it wasn't a weak army and a great army. Allah describes the two great armies. The greatness of the Quraysh was in their fine weapons, their fine armor, their fine food. The greatness of the Muslims was where? Iman. In their hearts, Amen. right? And so that's it. Like, what's the difference between that Iman and this Iman? Mm. It's exactly the same. Mm. Right, we just we just need to nurture it. Yeah. What's beautiful right. about that? I was thinking, like when Ashraf asked you about like business advice and stuff, and obviously there's elements you don't know. <coughs> yeah. Whereas like we obviously control what we can tr- control, mm. and we leave the rest to Allah. Mm. Like I remember speaking to my auntie, she was talking about like when you have the right intentions, like you do things for Allah, and you consistently remind yourself, yeah. you start to recognize the mindset shift, and also the things that happen to you, instead of things that happening to you. Happening for you mm. So like Allah is obviously doing th- Putting things in your life for a reason mm. So it's not always like A negative thing Actually It's not It's never mm. a negative thing It's never a negative things thing Things are happening for a reason So that's like beautiful with yeah. For business It's like You've got to understand Everything's happening for a reason You can't lose Exactly mm. yeah, Muslim amazing. It's amazing mm. it's, it's like You can't actually lose as a Muslim Right, and and that 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 again we learn from battle. Like, what did Khalid bin Walid say when he went to battle? I'm gonna make a solo radical. No, I'm <laughs> but what did he say, Radiallahu <laughs> Like, like really, like, like when he went to face the Romans, he would say what? Like, I come to you with an army that loves what comes after death as much as you love your music and your wine, and your and your parties. He's like, you know, like either we're gonna beat you and we'll take the land, or you're gonna kill us and we're in paradise. We don't lose. Yeah, I, I had this like this would happen to like an extended family member. She she had a miscarriage recently, mm-hmm. right? Like a stillborn, stillborn birth. Like it was at term, but um, Allah yarhamu, like the baby was stillborn. And when she was like when she was in those, so so she still had to deliver the baby, except the baby is not pushing or kicking because it's dead, mm-hmm. right? It's already passed. The soul has left, right? And as she's in that pain. Um, like she's she's crying. Why me? Why me? Why me? Right? And her mom's like, don't say that. Mm. Like as Muslims, we shouldn't be saying that, right? But then afterwards, um, like, like 
the the reason why she was saying like her mom found out the reason why she was saying why me was because she's like what did i do to deserve my baby going to paradise straight away through the pain you think like that because you it's easy when things are going well when it's like yeah. a small issue like no. you crack your phone and you go alhamdulillah yeah. oh, it's hundred dollars yeah. but stillborn like subhanallah it revealed her yeah. true colors as well like a true yeah. faith through That's the hardship right. right you see that fire that iman mm. right and and like like as muslims that like that's what we bring to the world do you know what I mean? Like Allah has placed like an Islamic education is educating a human being so that they can bring that into the world. And that's what the world needs. Do you know what I mean? So it's like people like people would look at the Prophet mm-hmm. and be like, I'm a Muslim. Mm-hmm. Like like that was the da'wah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's very like we live in it. Like when I was a kid, like young, young, like just growing up, and versus now, like one of the things I've noticed politically with Muslims, right? Like socio-politically rather, is that like when i was a kid it was like you're a muslim and you're different mm. do you know what i mean yeah, I felt it's it's like 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 you know where your taqiyya grow your it's like you're different mm-hmm. yeah now it's like nowhere exactly the same as you do you know what i mean it's like oh i'm a muslim but like it doesn't mean much like i still eat my sandwich and mm. you know like oh i go to the gym i watch i watch game of thrones or whatever it is right like do you know what i mean and, and then and then it's like no what, what like like yes and no it's like mm-hmm. we're the same in the sense like like everyone here has this human potential and this human essence right and what makes us different is that like we're stepping into it it's like what they say like with that or there are people that have like heard the call people that have answered the call and people that are waiting to hear it mm-hmm. do you know what i mean so it's like like your life should be a testament to that right mm-hmm. because you like like you were created for greatness and that greatness was to impact and main like you know what i mean to impact the world around you 100 right? the world does need it i seen a video i think yesterday one brother just talking to the camera saying why are you embarrassed to like speak about your religion speak about islam mm. with other people like people actually in the world are looking for this and this is what they need they're yeah. dying for it and you, you you have it inside you to show you and you, yet you're embarrassed mm. why That's is right. that and it's just like it really hit me and so I feel like sometimes in our community we have a very negative focus. Like here you're now mm. speaking about how strong people's iman is. It's very different to the time of the companions when you could see the Prophet, you'd see the miracles, mm. you'd see like when they talk about of Badr, there'd be situations where people would like pass away and no one touched them mm. and they knew the angels were there and helping them fight. Mm. It's very different to us 1400 years later. But as you can see, there's still strong iman. But if we have this focus that the almost Umar's wasted, we're lost, no, mm. nothing's going to make us turn back, nothing's going to happen. Mm. But like if, like Omar said, if you make small changes, and keep believing that, ah, man, this is what's important, and we keep trying to improve ourselves, you never know what the Ummah can become. That's right. It's like, like in, in the drug and alcohol world, talking about that, even in the horsemanship world, right? And here we see a therapy and horsemanship relationship. It's like, what happens to you right now if I said, don't think about a pink basketball? Probably gonna come to my head. What no are you way. thinking yeah. about, right? Well, s- don't think about it, man. Like, what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. You're thinking about it more now. Now you're thinking about whether, like, whether like the inside lining is pink or is it black. Mm-hmm. Like, what do the dots feel like? Is mm-hmm. the grip good? Is it Spalding? Is it Wilson, right? Or is it bouncy? Did he pump it? Nah, Ali forgot to pump it, bro. Like, do you know what I mean? Be, like, mm-hmm. the more I say, don't think about it. Come on, bro. Just get get out of your mind. Mm-hmm. It's becoming more and more vivid, mm-hmm. right? 
so like from a drug and alcohol point of view it's not like you know if anyone's struggling it's not i'm not going to smoke marijuana i'm not going to drink alcohol i'm not going like you know it's like i'm going to run away from that no it's about think about the type of life you want mm-hmm. right i want to live more healthily i want to do, 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 right and you're a human being so then like say say with the first one if you're like oh i'm not going to smoke and then you slip up and you have a joint or you like you have a puff right then it's oh i'm an idiot i i did it again oh i can never quit mm. yeah but if your goal is hey i want to be more healthy and like every day you go to the gym and da 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 eat healthy start try avoid those friends and one day you slip up it's like oh i slipped up but you haven't derailed from your goal yeah. right they, they i don't know if you've read it there's a book called atomic habits yeah james clear popular no, book and stuff it. but talks about that the difference between like an action and identity yeah just so like for example you might have smoked but you're not a smoker mm. and that's how it's like okay exactly. you read are you a reader that's yeah? right so that's the big difference like okay you slipped up you smoked but are you a smoker and that's how like you said you identify yourself yeah so you can kind of look forward and by identifying with what you want rather than what you're running away from like that's really how you move forward mm. from that right and so even as a ummah if we're going to be like oh like as a ummah we suck and the iman's week and there's so much fitna and then what are you going to see you're going to see and you're going to create around you an ummah that sucks and that mm. that's mm. do you know what i mean and fitna and da, da, da. but if you're like okay like like no these people are beautiful yeah. and we're going to dedicate our life to bringing out beauty in people and creating a beautiful environment then what happens that's what happens right what you focus on. yeah there, there was um there was a sheikh and he says there are there are three type of people right and he says be like coffee yeah i don't know if i've told you this or if you've heard this before so he says you know it's hot water when there's trouble right you have people that are eggs you have people that are carrots right what happens when you put an egg in hot water it becomes hard mm. yes people harden up to toughen up right during tribulation not bad why wasn't you put a carrot in hot water softens it softens it crumbles right crumble under pressure Da-da-da. what happens when you put coffee in hot water blends it become the hot water becomes the coffee mm-hmm. so be like coffee right, we find ourselves yeah, like in, in fitna da, da, da. we find ourselves in hot water mm. let's change it mm. how are we going to change it with the power of iman and with, with the coffee being what's I- what's iman it's bringing beauty into the world mm-hmm. do you know what i mean it's good character right in the quran allah whenever allah mentions like believers and the qualities of the believers, he says, has iman and good character. Right? So if someone's got iman and doesn't have good character, you can say they have aqidah issues. SubhanAllah. Mm. Yeah. Well, Allah, I could keep talking to you all day yeah. or all night. Really we didn't even do a formal <laughs> introduction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Ahmed's looking at me and I think it's getting a bit, it's late. A bit late. Was there anything you did want to touch on? Because you might have came with your own like perspective. Hey, I really want to ask the boys questions or chat about a sort of thing just before we do wrap it up. Um... But we've talked a lot, man. Yeah. yeah. If you don't, then you look. You but let's let's just make sure that we catch up. This isn't the first. I mean, this course. isn't the last. Yeah. Of course. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel yeah. like amongst us, we maybe we'll bring Atri Ascension podcast back. Because I yeah. watched it with uh, Maidan Atri and I watched Bose with the other brother. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe we will bring that back. Yeah, maybe you teach us how to do podcasts. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> 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 right. So I come to the people who know. And you've gone through the hard yards. Come learn archery and yeah, mashallah. Well, jazakallah khairan um, for coming on. 
yep. I think it would be good if you kind of tell the people where they can find you okay, and the organization and stuff like that. So, uh, do you want me to look look that way? Yeah, go for it. Or should I look you this way? Anyway, anyway, I close yeah. my eyes. <laughs> 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 I just talk with Faz. No, alhamdulillah. So, so actually, Ascension. Um, we're a not-for-profit community organization in South East Melbourne. Um, we're just behind Hallam Hallam Masjid on Belgrave Hallam Road. You can follow us, I guess, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, and we do archery and horse riding or horsemanship activities. The idea is to build a community um, and promote well-being through activities, so doing things that the Prophet ﷺ did. And then um, on the other side, during the week, um, we do like therapy programs to kids um, or young people, um, yeah, in in a sensory based environment, I guess, at the farm. And my background is uh, like a youth mental health OT. So if there are people out there, I guess, that also have questions around mental health, well being, that kind of thing, you can also like reach out to us, inshallah. Mm. You want to find them Facebook, Instagram, uh, Face, Archery Ascension? Yeah, archery.ascension. Yeah. Perfect. Archery.ascension. If you ever have any questions, honestly, just send the message. They're fully yeah. supportive and 100% you have to go there. You guys will probably see it in the episode. We'll add some of the some clips of the that we went. Inshallah, yeah. And some of the lessons um, we've learned. Yeah. Zach Faden again. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Yeah. We'll see you next week.